About four and a half years ago, I had the amazing privilege of going with two of my best friends to Rome during Holy Week. We were there for all of the Holy Week celebrations and Easter. It was just a truly once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and it culminated with Easter Sunday morning Mass with Pope Francis in St. Peter's Square with about 200,000 other people. And again, just once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, because from the, in the future, I will never be able to do that over Easter Sunday weekend, because I'll be in a parish. Uh, and there were three of us in the group, me, my friend George, and my friend Eric. And my friend Eric, who gave me permission to preach about him today, uh, he he's, has a bit of a tendency of being late for a lot of things, like everything. Uh, he nearly missed our flight over to Europe, like we were, they were about 30 seconds away from closing the door and he finally got in there. There were a couple other things that he was late for throughout the trip and Easter Sunday morning we had to get up really, really early. Uh, and it was also daylight savings day in Europe too, which didn't help. And we had to get up really early to be there just to be able to get in line for security and to get in and we're, uh, we're waiting to go and Eric isn't there. He's not there and we tried to call him, nothing. And we just said, all right, fine, fine, we're going. Eric's just not going to go to Easter Sunday Mass with the Pope, the highlight of the trip. That's consequences of his actions. That's sort of what, where we were at. So we get down there really, really early, like at least two hours before Mass is supposed to start. We fight through a massive security line, and we're in the middle of the square you know, with about 200,000 other people. And five minutes before Mass starts, I kid you not, we get a tap on our shoulder, and Eric had somehow found us. He had gotten up with, and found us in all of St. Peter's Square without his cell phone, because it didn't work over there. That was another sore spot of the trip. And he somehow found us. And I really wasn't happy. <laughs> like, internally, like, this is Easter Sunday, I should be joyful, but for a few minutes, I was not happy. I thought to myself, my gosh, I had to get up at the crack of dawn. And this guy oversleeps and still is able to enjoy the, the highlight of our trip, to be able to go to Easter Sunday Mass with the Pope. I literally thought of today's gospel in that square on Easter Sunday four and a half years ago because I felt a little bit like one of those servants who had been there all day, borne the day's burden and the heat, and then somebody else comes in at the last minute and reaps all of the rewards. So how are we to make sense of this gospel? What's wrong with this landowner? And we, we say what's wrong because something about it just doesn't feel right to us here on earth. It seems unjust, giving something to someone who doesn't really deserve it. And we can identify with those servants who have been there for hours and hours working. And if we were in that circumstance, we would probably have the same reaction that they had. And certainly we can call that out as envy, desiring the possessions of the lot of someone else for ourselves. Again, we could be thinking, man, I, you know, these guys just slept in and did half their work and they get the same amount of money as me. I think that way of thinking can be characterized by an attitude of entitlement. I mean, these servants want their payment. They want what's theirs, as if it's theirs, as if it's their right. And they don't see their usual daily wage as a gift from the landowner. Again, they think that it was theirs to begin with. But I also think we can look at this parable in another way. This parable shows us how God calls us in different stages in our life and in different ways. The early church fathers who were commenting on this gospel sort of describe 
you know, the, the earliest people who got called, you know, the ones who were called at dawn as the Jewish prophets and the patriarchs, the people of the Old Testament, who worked a little longer in the vineyard until our Lord gave them salvation and gave them his grace. Again, those who were worked longer were sort of like the Old Testament, and throughout the Old Testament, those were called throughout uh, those books until the coming of Christ. And certainly we can also draw the analogy of those who are called to our Catholic faith as infants, cradle Catholics, and those who converted later on in life. St. Paul would certainly fit into that later category. Those who were called later in their lives, lived outside the vineyard for a while, and then called in. But again, sometimes even in that we can think, man, oh man, I, they had it easy, those converts. See, I'm a cradle Catholic myself. They had it easy. They, they could do whatever they wanted for, for a lot of their lives and then come in at the very last minute and be right where I'm at. And I think, though, that that attitude stems from a belief that if we work hard enough, salvation will come. And we can be angry when someone doesn't work as hard as we do and yet reaps all of the benefits. But that's wrong. We do not earn salvation like a trophy And it's not a payment for services rendered. That mindset sees salvation in God's gifts as a transaction rather than a free gift from God himself. And it's not to say the late bloomers were doing the right thing all the time. Because remember in this parable, they sat around idle, not seizing the opportunity to work as if salvation was just going to be given to them and they didn't have to do anything. No, salvation is a gift. It's not a trophy. It's not a transaction. It is a gift from God himself. It's his initiative. He is the one who goes out and calls. He is the one who invites us, and we merely respond. It is a gift that God the Father bestows in the manner in which he wills, according to his divine wisdom and according to his divine plan. He bestows his greatest gifts indiscriminately, almost liberally, just giving and giving and giving, but having a reason behind each and every recipient of said gifts. And our psalm today says it beautifully, the Lord is just in all his works. I think it also speaks to God's wisdom that he calls people in different ways and in different times. Because if our Lord had called everyone into the vineyard in the same way, it wouldn't really be unique. It wouldn't be exciting. It would just be bland. We wouldn't have awesome conversion stories, especially when it comes to the saints. And again, even in my own life, when I was in seminary, there were guys there who had been Catholics their whole lives and guys who had only been Catholics for a couple of years. Yet all of us were there studying for the priesthood and us cradle Catholics didn't envy the converts and think, oh man, these guys have only been doing this for a couple of years. No, it was enriching for us to hear their stories and hear how God had called them. And certainly I hope that us cradle Catholics were enriching to the guys who had been new to the faith too. It's a rich mosaic, a rich tapestry of stories that God weaves rather than uniformity, everyone enriching each other. It wouldn't be the case if God just called everyone in the same way. So let us today be gracious that God has called us to work in the vineyard, each in the manner particular to us, And be thankful for the reward that God promises for our labors. May we never envy what others possess or experience. For we have a God who is a generous giver of his greatest gifts.